If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. I am here today with Officer Mason Flint from the Caseville Police Department. Thanks for being here, Mason. Yeah, you bet. Appreciate you coming in. I know you guys like to be behind the scenes, doing the work, doing the job. Maybe don't like a lot of focused attention, but I was excited to be able to talk to you because you're one of our outstanding officers. We have a really fantastic police department in Caseville, and you were just awarded Officer of the Year, or not off, only Officer, but Employee of the Year for Caseville City for 2022. And so wanted to congratulate you on that because it's a big deal to Thank receive you. that award. That was a nomination of your peers as well as all of the department heads. So mostly I wanted to kind of just give the community an opportunity to get to know you. Sure. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Mason. So I'm Mason Flint. I've been with the Kaysville Police Department for just over 12 years now. I started law enforcement uh, just prior to that, where I was a reserve police officer for the Syracuse Police Department. So part of being the reserve is I didn't earn any money or get any benefits from that. But it was back when I was testing for a police officer, you'd go into a a city and they'd have anywhere from 50 to 100 different officers that were trying to get one job. And so it was kind of my way to get my foot in the door and give myself an opportunity to get hired. What what made you decide you wanted to go into law enforcement? Do you have family that that work in this industry or... So I was, I am the first officer in my immediate or even extended family that, uh, that has gotten into law enforcement. I think is what kind of pushed me there is as a kid, I uh, got into a lot of trouble and I had a, uh, he was a school resource officer at the time, uh, Heath Rogers with Syracuse, and he had a big impact on my life and, you know, it was kind of always there for me. He was always supportive. And, uh, you know, as, as much trouble as I got in, he was always there to try to help me pick me back up and get me on my feet. And so I kind of wanted to return the favor and see if there were some kids that I could help. That's beautiful. That's really neat. Yeah. So you're inspired by someone who helped you. Yep. Took the time to notice you. Yep. And so I got it. I really don't know what it was with Heath, but him and I just um, got along really good and um, he always saw something in me that I didn't always see. So when you'd get into trouble mm -hmm. and you would sort of, he was your, your school officer. So he'd kind of be the one that would follow up with you. He w was actually the one that sent me to court several times. Really? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was the one that was filing the charges and, you know, but even though he was, he, he still treated me like a friend. He still treated me like a person which is something that I try to return and do as well because even people that make big mistakes, you know, they're still a human being at the end of the day and right. uh, try to treat people with respect. How did he um, 
translate that respect to you? Or how did he make you feel respected when he was turning you in and writing you up? I mean, it, it was as little as, you know, just letting me know that uh, he saw potential in me. And really? that he, he always knew that I was making, I was a good kid, but I was making bad choices, um, you know, and he was just always kind of that bright shining star to help me out and help me through some of this. So he was just, he was just kind through the process and, sure. and probably really supportive. Yeah. Even though he was teaching you about consequences. Absolutely. And so like with that, you know, I am, my parents were very supportive. I had a very good family growing up. Um, and it's not that I came from a bad home or that I didn't have supportive parents because I did. It was just more or less, um, he was able to have an impact on me that other people weren't able to. That's really neat. Help you to see something in yourself that maybe you didn't see. Yeah. So you had great parents, great family. You still got into trouble. Yeah. You just sort of had that adventurous streak. Yeah. Is you that, could call it that. <laughs> is that what you were? And was it mostly your friends? That just sort of influenced you, or were you the ringleader? No, uh, it wasn't necessarily always my friends. A lot of it was me. Um, okay. Just some dumb decisions that I made. Um, just liked having fun and... You know, there, there's some stuff that I definitely agree with that I did wrong, but I think there was also some stuff that uh, was a little heavy-handed okay. as far as stuff that I got. Uh, I can go into a few of those stories if you'd like, but I'll leave that up to you. Just in terms of consequences? Well, kind of what got me in trouble. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, just briefly, one of them was I was at Leighton High for the North End Wrestling Tournament, and me and my friends decided that we wanted to go over to Leighton Park since really see the harm in it. Um, and we decided we were going to try to catch a duck. And I'm running around the park trying to catch a dog. Sounds fun. I thought so. <laughs> I mean, a, a, a typical kid thing, you know, I didn't think it was right. that crazy. Well, late an officer came down and I got charged with criminal trespass, cruelty to animal, and truancy. You're kidding. Dead serious. And you're in high school? I was in ninth grade. Ninth grade. Yeah. Oh, and that seems heavy handed. And so, you know, I talked to people about kind of the consequences that we could hand out. But, you know, part of being a cop, and especially somebody who was in the juvenile system, um, I always, I, I see myself in a lot of these kids, and I just can't bring it to myself to come down heavy-handed like some of that stuff was for me. That's um, good. And so it, it's, it's hard, you know, like. In Kaysville, we have a lot of kids riding golf carts and motorcycles and stuff. And as a kid, I rode a motorcycle across the street and to my neighbor's house. And I got in trouble for not having a driver's license and no helmet on. And oh, you know, I got, got in trouble once again. Um, I'm not trying to minimize everything I did because there were other things that I did that I deserved to get in trouble for. But, but knowing the balance and having the compassion and the ability to make a call. Yep. Right. To say, yep. okay, this is a serious thing and this is something that we can communicate and talk through and maybe yeah. not so serious. Yeah. And I mean, dealing with, dealing with people, you know, there's definitely some things that you can't just turn a blind eye to, but there's also some things to where it's like, 
try to teach him like a, a learning moment. Like, let's try to get through this. Let me teach you stuff that I might not have seen when I was a kid um, to, you know, maybe see, get you to see the consequences that could come from it. And not even just from the law side, but right. safety. Oh, see, and that's great to have those conversations. So you're you're on traffic patrol, is that correct right now for case yeah. for the last couple of years? Yep, I've been in the uh, traffic division for three years now. Okay, which means that you help establish uh, speeding, or not speeding, um, obviously ticketing, but also speeds on roads. So, Are you involved in that? Yeah, so we will get... Um, Prior to Chief Oberg creating the traffic division, we would get a traffic complaint or a speed complaint. And essentially is what would happen is we would send a message out to our uh, other officers that are working patrol and we do our best to try to go sit in that area. But other than maybe going out there once or twice, there was no solution to it. So it was always just a temporary Band-Aid. So with it, uh, city Council has adopted a traffic calming procedure. And so one of the first things that I'll do is I'll go out, I'll either go out and talk to the resident or talk to him on the phone or email, and I'll explain the traffic calming procedure. And it does take a little bit of work on their end. It is something that they have to put some time into to um, get us some data and what they are seeing. It'll give us trouble parts of the day. And after that, once I get that traffic calming procedure back, I'll go out and we have some covert data collectors that I'll go install and it'll tell us kind of the true um, speeds of the road. We can see how it's per performing. And uh, we, you know, you see a lot of cities that'll put a radar trailer out there. And I think you get skewed data with that. It's either going to get cars that are going to see the, the radar sign and they're going to slow down or you're going to get kids that are going to speed up. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're getting accurate data with that. I'd rather see um, what what traffic is doing without a police presence. So what does that look like in terms of, is it a system? Is it bumps in the road? Nope. It's okay. So it's just a little covert box that we'll put up on a power pole or even a street sign. Oh, okay. And so anyone that drove by isn't going to look at it and know that it's even affiliated with police. Oh, okay. It'll tell us how many cars went in each direction, time of day, speed. It'll give us the length of the vehicle so we can see if it's a problem with semis or smaller cars. And okay. gives us and it gives you that data. Yep. How how do residents go about getting one of those boxes? So, in their area. so on our police website, it has a spot for the traffic officer. Okay. And then it's just filing an online um, complaint talking about a certain area. Those messages will come to me and then I'll contact okay. the, the resident who, who uh, filed that. That's really good to know. I have some family members that live in Kaysville, um, particularly a brother-in-law who lives in the city, and he's concerned about speeds on his road. And I've asked some of the other neighbors, do you notice that speed's a problem? Are you concerned for your kids? And they've said no. Um, what he initially wanted was just a, what are those signs that flash how fast you're going? Yeah, just uh, like a digital display. A digital display. And, and I've told him the downsides for that, like you mentioned. Some kids like to outrun those. 
some people slow down. I know I always slow down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you come you come to it and think, oh boy, I didn't know I realize I was going three miles over, whatever it was, or going too slow. So I didn't I said, I don't know if that data is really very accurate, but I didn't know that there was a way for him to actually go in and report and try yeah. to file a, a request for that. Because he just keeps asking me and I said, you know, yeah, I sure. don't know. Okay. So, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's a form. And okay. then they do have to have a couple of residents that are near them sign the form. Okay. Because we don't want to go in and make changes to a roadway. Right. If it's only one person that thinks there's a problem. Right. So they've got to rally some neighbors. Yeah. We, and it, it's, I think it's only five signatures. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Um, do you know about how long that process is from filing a complaint, getting your signatures to actually receiving some information back from the police department just on average i'm not trying yeah. to pin you to a most most of the time the the process is waiting for the homeowner to get that the form back to me oh, okay um i probably get 20 to 25 people that reach out and want a traffic study and then i'll give them the form and i'll bet i only get 10 that will oh, actually really, that fill we it out them? and so it kind of comes in waves um the longest it could take is two weeks. Oh, okay. So it's, it's not a very long process. We'll try to leave our traffic counters up. I, I like to go about five days um, so that we can get some data to see if it's happening on the weekends, see if it's That's more good. of the weekdays. Uh, and so, you know, unless I get a storm of 10 people that fill one out, then it would take a little bit longer just because they are up for about five days. About five days per location? Yep. What happens after the data is collected generally? So it'll give us an 85th percentile and it tells us what 85% of the population is traveling. So if it's speeds that are greater than eight miles per hour, then um, we do heavy enforcement in the area. You'll see a heavy police presence trying to get people to realize that we are slowing down, that we got to get people to slow down. Um, there's there's a lot of warnings. There's a lot of tickets that are associated with that. And then, so if it comes over eight miles per hour, um, we'll do heavy presence and then I'll run another study to see if what we have done has made a difference. If it still hasn't made a difference, um, we'll still do heavy uh, patrol of the area and then about every three to six months we will run another study to kind of see okay what it's showing is it a camera so are our car images and license plates being captured and could be reported th through this or is it just really counting speeds and it's simply data okay. yeah we don't have anything that takes pictures oh okay so it's just the data that's really good to know yeah as far as well, you know, Caseville's growing, mm -hmm. and at certain times of day, 200 North is problematic. Mm -hmm. I try to avoid it, you know, just like everyone else. Um, we've been hearing a lot of information that as soon as 89 opens and West Davis opens, we'll have a 30% reduction in traffic on 200 North and Sunset. And I don't know if that's true. That's according to traffic studies that were done probably by UDOT prior to starting these projects. What is, is it a problem? I mean, is traffic in that area a problem to the point that it's an emergency kind of thing? Is 200 North a problem? Yeah, and, and I know it's problematic because we don't own all of 200 North, and sure. so Caseville City can't just go and fix it because UDOT owns much, most of that road. So. so I'll give you my opinion of 200 North kind of in a nutshell. Um, is there a speeding problem on 200 North? Absolutely. Right. 
Um, is it an emergency? No, I don't necessarily think it is. Um, it kind of depends where we're talking about True, 200 north. Okay, right. so so when I think about high speeds and problems, it's above 600 east or it's below Smith's, mm -hmm. below the rail trail, kind of in that area. Okay. Um, we don't have a lot of accidents that occur in those areas, so I wouldn't say it is an emergency. Um, but you do come up to 200 North in between the freeway and Main Street, and it is the highest percentage of accidents that happen in our city is right in that there. area. Okay. Um, part of that is if you're ever at 400 West and you're going past 7-Eleven or Arby's and you mm -hmm. get people that try to shoot those gaps and people are going east or westbound and we have accidents that are there all the time. I know that Officer Rich, who was the traffic officer prior to me, spoke to UDOT and they tried to get a signal in at 400 West and they said it was too close too to, the, to the on-ramp and then also the lights that they have right. at the on I've and heard off that ramp. Too. So I know that he discussed maybe trying to put up a a barrier so people couldn't go north and south across 200 north, which I do think would be a good idea, but they were worried about it affecting business um, along 400 west. Right. It's, I mean, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing to talk about. As we look at growth in Kaysville, um, we've been talking to UDOT for years, actually. I think that Kaysville is the last interchange that hasn't been um, remodeled or redone in Davis County. So we're on the list and we're supposed to get that fixed. I've also, I know that they're going to extend the striping okay. on both sides to turn into the ramps because we have people just don't know where to go yep. you know and then they don't know how to get around those cars so i know that there's things that are being done for sure and um hopefully we'll mitigate traffic moving forward as we finish some of these road projects but it's it's frustrating because people you know get on that road and think boy this is horrible it is just certain times of day yep but it's also because caseville can't just decide to change something yeah, and, and to just go do it. You have to work with the state and right. the other partners in that and try to come up with a solution. One thing that I was always wondering is when, this is a random question, when someone gets pulled over mm -hmm. and you scan their license, what kind of information shows up? I will be able to see if they have a valid license. Okay. Um, it'll, it'll essentially tell me uh, everything that's on their license, so date of birth, um, address if they have a concealed weapons permit okay. and then it'll also tell me that if they have uh, warrants okay. and it'll also tell me uh, any local involvements that officers have had with them oh okay so even warnings yep so a lot of officers have started especially with Kaysville, have started documenting traffic stops because if you pull somebody over you go up there and you decide to issue them with a warning. And prior to recently, you know, the past three or four years, only that officer knew who they stopped. So oh, okay. we've tried to kind of make a push to say, you know, if somebody is continually speeding and having a problem with it, let's just document it. And then that way we can see how many warnings they've gotten. And so, you know, typically if I look at somebody's driving history and 
they've had three warnings in the past two years, it's probably time for a ticket. It's time to try something different. Right. Um, and that doesn't always mean that if they've had three tickets in the past couple of years, it doesn't mean they're always getting another ticket because there have been people that I've gone up and they've been stopped three times in two years and they've gotten a ticket every single time. I'm like, well, let's try a different approach. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe I'll go up there and talk to them and say, hey, I, I don't know what we're not understanding. There's posted speed limit signs. That's for the safety of the drivers and the kids and, mm-hmm. you know, all the bicyclists that are on the roadway. Um, just try something different. So I'll document a warning. Oh, okay. And it gives you the ability, though, to make those judgment calls. Absolutely. Because you see their history. Yeah. Um, does any other data show up about them um, in terms of, like, if you're the governor, does it show you're a state official? Um, does it show a security clearance? Any information like that? No, we don't. We okay. don't see anything like that. Okay, so it's basically oh, whether or not they have insurance. Does that yes, show up? Yes, yep, it does. It, it will show insurance, okay. but that's more when I run the vehicle. Oh, okay. So yeah, a driver's license is going to tell me people's information. Uh, when I run a license plate, it's going to tell me the make and model. Um, the current registration and valid insurance. And valid insurance, yeah. okay. So even even though we're required to have insurance uh, cards in our car yep. with us, if we don't, you do have the ability to tell, right, if, if insurance is active on the vehicle? So we go through a company called InsureRight, and I don't know if that's just who our, our system Spillman goes through. I oh, okay. I don't know what other cities does, but... You know, it has about like a 98% oh, so reliability. Not, not so, so even if we go and stop a car and it shows no insurance, but then they provide us with an insurance card, um, I will still call the insurance company oh. because it's it's pretty easy to call and get insurance and then cancel your insurance once you have a valid card. Oh, really? Um, people do that? Uh, yeah, we've seen it to where people, their policy is lapsed and they have the valid insurance. So there's also times that um, I'll pull a car over and it says not insured, but then they have a card. I'll call the company and it shows insured. Oh, okay. And, and then nothing, there's no citations issued with that. So when you're sitting in your car after you pulled somebody over, those are the things you're doing? Correct. I didn't know that you call the insurance company sometimes. Yeah, it's it's not it's not something that is done frequent. Okay. But Only if there's one. reason for us to believe that there may or may not be insurance on the car, you know, I've got I've got to have something more than just a random traffic stop. Oh, okay. To, to, to warrant to, something like that. Exactly. Okay, because I have always wondered. So what are they doing when they go back there? Yeah, it's. You know, You're pulling run, up data. Yeah, we're we're just kind of running information and seeing what their driving history looks like, making sure their their uh, license is valid, making sure that their vehicle registration is valid, and that the insurance is That's up good to, to date. Know. I've had the opportunity to do a couple ride-alongs, and it was interesting to me because at least the officer that I was riding with most recently didn't. I don't think even gave one ticket. But there was education that happened. Sure. It was, hey, did you know that this, did you know that you did this? Hey, did you know you were going too quick, too fast? Hey, did you, you know, pay attention to this? And it was really nice to be able to see that tickets aren't just handed out because they stopped somebody. 
It's mostly about education, right? And just making sure that people are safe. I've heard that the worst thing you can do when you get pulled over is be a jerk, obviously. (laughs) So if someone asks, my brother-in-law's a cop in Illinois, and he said, if you get pulled over and they say, hey, do you know why I pulled you over? He said, you really need to have, you really need to know. Because if you don't have a clue why you've been pulled over, that's even worse than probably what you got pulled over for. Is that true? Well, you're not paying attention. And and that's the biggest thing that I always ask person, hey, do you know why I'm stopping you? Or I'll come out and they'll say, hey, I'm stopping you for your speeds. So I'm not trying to trick them. I'm not trying to hide them. I'm not trying to get them to admit something they didn't do. So if I walk up to a car and I say, hey, the reason I'm stopping you is for your speeds. And then I will ask them, do you know the speed limit on this road? And that's part of the frustrating part with stopping cars and doing traffic enforcement is probably 95% of them know the speed limit on the road. And the reason I do want to ask that question every time is because I want to make sure that it is properly marked. And, you know, if I'm ever in an area like we talked about 200 North, if I'm ever down there and nine out of 10 people tell me they do not know what the speed limit is, I'm going to go make sure that it is the roadways cleared um, and that the the speed signs are properly displayed. So, you know, it is frustrating when you hear drivers be like, oh, I must have been distracted. I must not have been paying attention. Well, that's kind of a responsibility you have when you're driving a motor vehicle that can easily kill somebody Mm -hmm. that you got to pay attention. And so... Not the best thing to maybe mention then, right? I mean, you want to be honest, but... But you should know what you've done wrong. Yeah, right? I would rather have people be honest with me. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe they have a kid that's screaming in the back or they've had a long day and they're just trying to get home. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm a person too. Um, I've had those days. I'm not, I'm not out looking to write a ticket on every single car that I stop. And so, um, you know, honesty and, and being polite is probably the biggest thing. You know, you walk up to a car and the first thing you get is hostility. It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, okay, obviously you're having a bad day. Right. But I'm just out here trying to do my job. I'm out here trying to keep people safe. You wouldn't like it if I came up here and immediately started screaming at you. True. So don't do it to me. Right. And so I think a lot of it is, is, you know, demeanor and how you you talk to somebody, being polite. um, Because, you know, we, we do our best to be polite back. Absolutely. And that's what I really love about our our police department here in Caseville. You're so approachable. You know, you guys show up to the lemonade stands and you interact with the kids and you go to the schools and you're out in the community and we see you. Yeah. And so then I'm hoping that, and as well, I know you hope, is that if people need you, they feel very comfortable reaching out. Yep. And I think that that's what happens. Yeah. And so with that, like, you know, we're the cops. We can't walk into... 7-Eleven or any convenience store, any, really anywhere we go, and the first thing people do is put their hands in the air, and they're like, we didn't do it. You <laughs> do know, they feel like that? Oh, yeah, I, I hear it several times a day. Mm. Um, but we also get some parents that will say, hey, will you come out here and scare my kid? And it's like, absolutely not. If really? Want, they want that to be funny or to... No, like their kids are being, not listening, oh, and they okay. think it's our job to go out and scare them. And I'm like... Absolutely not, because if there's ever an emergency, I want your kid to know that they can approach me right. and that they can come to me for help. I'll go out there and talk to your kid. 
Right. But I'm not going to go out there. First of all, I'm not going to go out there and parent your kid. That's good. That's not my job. Good. Um, but if you want me to go out there and talk to them and, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll gladly do that. And most of the time it's like, well, if that's all you're going to do, then never then, mind, then, you know. And <laughs> That's crazy that yeah. parents are, that they get to that point. It's kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, we've all been frustrated with our kids, but you're right. It's not your job to be their parent. Absolutely. It's your job to be available to protect them, yeah. to make them feel safe. Um, something that someone else has asked me is just, I, I think that there was a story, I don't know if it was somewhere in Utah, where they were talking about quotas for mm -hmm. tickets. Will you dispel that that myth that there are quotas? I'm not going to dispel that there are not quotas out there. Okay. I will tell you that Cadesville City absolutely does not have one. But others might? Um, I'm not going to speak for any other okay. cities. And I don't know how they operate, because I've also heard that. And without being in those departments, uh, I don't know what their officers are being told. As far as Kaysville, I will tell you that Chief Oberg has come to us. And he'll be like, hey, guys, the holidays is coming up. So be out there patrolling, right? But Be out patrolling, but let's, let's give people a break. Really? You know? That's fantastic. So instead of him coming out, I've never heard our chief come to anybody and say, I want more tickets. I have never heard those words come out of his mouth. It's been the exact opposite of, hey, like, let's go easy on people. You know, if, if somebody needs a break, let's give them a break. Oh, that's honestly, that's fantastic. And I've heard that as well from him. Yeah. And the fact that I would even ask that, I'm sure he'd really be offended by it because, and I'm not asking it to suggest that Caseville does it, but I know it, it has been reported in other areas. And I want to make sure people understand that that's not the approach taken here. Yeah, there's there are a lot of that misconception out there that people do believe that. Um, I get, I'll probably get people once a month or so and their comment is, oh, it's the end of the month, you got to get your quota or... You know, it's like, I don't have a quota. Right, know? I'm just and, trying to keep you safe. <laughs> yeah, and I I would dare say as as far as all of Kaysville, there is far more warnings than there is citations that are issued. Right, and that's what I've seen during the times that I've been out. And, yep. and also received. Yeah. I've received my... I've received a couple warnings over the years too. Yeah. And it's really nice because it's a it's an education and it's an opportunity to realize, okay, I ride this road, drive this road every day, I need to pay attention a little bit more to it and not just be sort of in that autopilot mode, which is the whole purpose of a traffic stop, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, nobody loves getting a ticket and I have never met a cop that loves giving tickets. This is paperwork so, for you. I mean, it's just... I, I don't like going out there and breaking that bad news, but it's, you know, if it's a way to possibly change driving behavior, mm -hmm. then sure. Right. You know, save lives. Absolutely. Which is, is your goal at the end of the day. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Kaysville. What types of stops do you get? What types of things do you go out and, and, and do? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really depends on um, what areas of the city that we are in. Okay. Um, a lot of the stops that I will do, um, I do a lot of speed or stop sign enforcement. And a lot of that is because of um, being in the traffic position. And so, you know, a lot of the stuff I'm doing is looking for the speeding vehicles, the reckless drivers, people running stop signs. Uh, a lot of our patrolmen will focus on areas, maybe you know, uh, more 
likely to have drugs that are going to come out of it. Okay. They'll look at either somewhere where they're suspecting drugs are being sold or distributed. Um, people that might be bringing drugs into the city and you know their their focus is more looking for the the drugs and the warrants to where mine is i try to focus more on kind of what my position is mm -hmm. and that's solving and trying to help with the speed problems or the traffic concerns in kaysville well we're really glad that you're doing that for us because it keeps everybody safe as far as uh moving forward in your career you've been with kaysville city for 12 years we hope that you stay forever what would you, are there different areas that you'd like to, different um, departments within your department that you'd like to work? Um, well, for, forever is a, a long time, so right. I don't want to break your heart, but I'm not going to be here forever. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know, I've, I've had a lot of opportunity since being with Kaysville. I've had a lot of different positions that I've done. I really enjoy the patrol aspect. I enjoy the traffic aspect. Um... You know, I'd like to look at promoting at one point in my career and looking into that to see what I can do to help further me in that. Right. Um, but I'd also, I'd also still like to, I really want to work at Mountain High. And I think oh, really? part of that kind of goes back to my past and, right. you know, having some of these kids that might not be making the best decisions to see if I can make an impact in some of their lives. Is Do we have a full-time officer? We do. At Mountain High? Okay. Yep. So is that something that you rotate into or is it? Yep. So okay. it it has been a five-year position and then all of our schools have just, they're now three-year positions. So every three years you'll get all, all of our junior highs and then Davis High, Mountain High, and then typically a, a supervisor will supervise the guys, but then he's also up at like Canyon Heights and okay. um, some of those schools. That would be a really great place for you. I mean, you can totally relate to the kids. Yeah. And you're fun. And I, they want somebody that's cool and fun. Uh, I, I try most of the time, so. That they can relate to and, and make it a good experience for them, even if you're, even if you have to report them for something, yep. as long as they know it's done with love. Yeah. They seem to really respond to that. You did. Yep. which is great. Which brings me to my last question for you. Just, um, you said that you got into a little trouble. Mm -hmm. For anyone who's thinking about a career in law enforcement, I want to encourage them to do that. So if you've had a little trouble in the past as a, as a child, a juvenile, you can still go into law enforcement, right? Yeah. And, okay. and even as an adult, um, depending on what the charge is, it doesn't automatically disqualify you. Okay. Um, as a juvenile, you know, being a police officer is something I always wanted to do. And I didn't get into law enforcement until I was 25 years old. Oh, okay. I think part of that was like, uh, I'm not going to be able to get a job. They're going to see my criminal history from when I was a juvenile. Um, I don't have anything on my adult record other than a speeding ticket. And so, you know, I felt like it kind of stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. So... One day I called down to post and I was all nervous because I felt like they were going to tell me my fate, that it was something I couldn't <laughs> do. And I remember the guy just laughed on the phone. Did he's, he? like, he's like, you really not applied up to this point because of that? And I was like, yeah. And he just laughed at me, you know, and he's like, yes, you're, you're you'll good. be fine. So, Mason, that's good to know. Yep. Because honestly, I think it might be holding a lot of people back, that fear of maybe, oh, it's not, I'm not going to be able to 
to get through the program to yep. to be accepted. But you still can. I think it just shows that you're a normal person. Absolutely. And you've had some good experiences and created some great opportunities for empathy and compassion. Yeah. Because you can speak the speak and yeah. you've walked the walk. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's more or less, you know. I know I definitely had cops that I dealt with that it, I don't ever want to be like them. Good. And I've had others that I try to not be exactly like them, but try to mold some of the things that I, I do in my daily patrol life to, to be like them. Well, thank you for everything that you're doing. You bet. Keep us safe, and thanks for being here. Yeah, hey, one last thing. So Heath Rogers, kind of my mentor yes. growing up, he's in the fight for his life with cancer right now, and he's been getting treatment from oh. Utah, and he's gone out to Texas to try to get help out there in a clinical study. So I just want to... Shoot. Share some love with him and tell him thank you. Does he have a GoFundMe set up? That there, there is a GoFundMe that has been set up. Okay. And so we can point people to that. Sure. Wish him luck. Yeah, I, let's hope for the best. Yeah, absolutely. What a neat man. I'm yeah. glad that he's inspired you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. To all my podcast listeners, thank you for listening. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Please leave comments and please leave suggestions for future guests. And most importantly, subscribe. Thank you.